the NFL Draft, 15 days away. We're going to start breaking down all of the rookie prospects for fantasy football in the 2023 draft class. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Fellas Podcast. I am Lucas Wenzel, joined as always by my co-host Tyler, who was here last week. And I have to give a warm welcome to Mr. Cameron Lawrence, who has returned from overseas. Cameron, yes, you're in good spirits. Yep, I'm ready to go. Ready to talk some football. That's what I like to hear. Tyler, you're checking in well from the 612? From the 612, alive Ooh. and well. Alive and well, that's what we like to hear. If you haven't subscribed, if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, we are bringing you content every single day. Podcast once a week. We'll be releasing long-form content as well. Uh, we have short-form content coming out for you almost every single day. And if you listen to the podcast format, hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Get notified whenever we release a new episode. There's a lot Not of rookie. Go, go for it. I was notified. That's a new yeah, word. That's that notified. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. We're gonna have to use that from now on. Notified. I couldn't. I couldn't. Notified. I couldn't tell if that was on purpose or accidental because I was ready to give you the helmet, but no one. But no, yeah, no, may have been on me. purpose. Helmet me. That was not intentional. Notified. There we go. I'll use that on every episode from now on. Turn on those uh, notificate notifications. Uh, <laughs> Notifies. We have a lot of prospects to cover. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks and running backs today. We'll get to the pass catchers next week prior to the NFL draft. But uh, let's not keep the people waiting. Let's dive in to the quarterbacks and running backs of the 2023 class. As I said, we have a lot of names to cover. We're going to cover the quarterbacks and running backs on this week's episode. Uh, we'll cover pretty much all the big, important quarterback names. We won't get too nitty-gritty into the quarterbacks, mostly because a lot of them likely will not become fantasy relevant. Uh, but the running backs, we will take plenty of time on the running backs because there are a lot of polarizing names amongst the fantasy football industry right now uh, and the debates on where we should be ranking them all. We'll give you all of our thoughts and more from a fantasy football perspective. We'll talk about some of the traits that we like in each of these prospects, but ultimately uh, we'll give you our consensus ranks for how we have each of these players ranked going into uh, rookie drafts this year for your dynasty leagues. So let's kick it off with quarterbacks. Our overall quarterback one, which for fantasy football, I feel like this is becoming less of a popular opinion. But Bryce Young is our quarterback, consensus quarterback one in this class. Uh, I have him at quarterback one. I'm pulling up the ranks right in front of me. Uh, I have him as my quarterback one. Uh, Tyler, you have him as your quarterback one. Cameron, he's your quarterback two. Uh, Tyler, what is it that you like about Bryce Young, uh, despite being the smallest quarterback prospect we have seen ever in this class uh well not in this class but in, in nfl history uh what is it that's still to like about bryce young bryce young really is kind of the ultimate playmaker in the sense that he can run your system really well but then he can he can go off script and make plays for you right his size is going to be a little concerning if he's moving out of the pocket a lot or in i shouldn't see i shouldn't say out of the pocket if he's running ahead of the line of scrimmage that's when things can get a little dicey because then he's going to get these linebackers coming in and whatnot. 
But Bryce Young's got everything that you want in a quarterback in terms of the improvisation, the scrambling ability, accuracy, three at you know, accuracy at all three levels. I should clarify that too. Like Bryce Young has it all. And when the only question mark really is just your size, I think um I think it just gets a little over over talked about, a little overhyped, or a little uh yeah, a little over talked about is the size really going to affect him? It hasn't all the way up until now. He played in the SEC for three years. He was just fine. He was just fine. Yeah. Uh, Landon Zerline, notorious NFL draft scout. Um, he had he had a great tweet today. Now, I know we can laugh about his most recent mock and, and the whole nine yards, but he, he came up with a great tweet today uh, that essentially said, uh, the game of football is played on a field, not with a measuring tape which I think is what it comes down to for Bryce Young. You can talk about it. <clears throat> Isla Murray came in at 5'10", 207. I'm not, I'm not going to say Bryce Young is the next Kyler Murray or will even be as good as Kyler Murray. But really, if we're going to nitpick and, and, and make it such a big thing, oh, he's the smallest quarterback ever by what, three pounds? Like, we're really going to fuss over three pounds? Mm-hmm. Dude could eat a whole chicken and he'll be fine the next day, right? Like, Let's not overanalyze it here. Bryce Young, I believe, probably for fantasy football, is the safest prospect in this class because, like you said, Tyler, he has great pocket presence. He has great accuracy. Uh, he doesn't, like, overutilize his mobility, but he's mobile enough where if he does need to get out of the pocket, he can make he can make a 10-yard scramble on a dime, get you fantasy points that way as well. Uh, Cameron, we're let, let's talk some dream landing spots here. Bryce Young, I feel like some people are picking up some steam on like, again, I I feel like more people are just becoming pessimistic on Bryce Young. Yet at the same time, he's now becoming the favorite to be the number one overall pick. So where, like realistically, where's the best landing spot for Bryce Young? And really, we're probably only looking at Carolina, Houston, and if you really want to get ballsy, the Colts. But I mean, for us, he goes top two, I believe. Yeah, I, I think he's Carolina or Houston. I think he if he go Carolina really takes him, and he, then Houston would jump all over it. Um, but I don't think if he was there at two, there's any way that another team would get him um, from Houston. So I, I do think Carolina's the better landing spot. Obviously, uh, Houston just does not have enough to help a quarterback this year, or, or probably for a couple of years to come. Uh, whereas Carolina, you know, they they don't have the greatest, you know guys around them they got adam thiel and miles sanders but you know it's it's enough where you feel good about the kind of the situation he's going to he's going to frank reich um who's been notoriously good with quarterbacks um but yeah i think i think bryce young is his best spot is going to be carolina the only counterpoint i bring up is that houston's going to be behind it my guess would be a lot more ball games in carolina yeah carolina's not going to be great but their defense is also better than houston's mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, that could be the opportunity for Bryce Young to, to chuck the ball around a little bit more. But uh, I also would prefer Bryce Young to have weapons than I yes. would um, than I would for him to just be in a situation where he's forced into trying to be util- overutilized in his first year. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we're, we're talking Bryce Young. We're talking 2021 Heisman. We're talking 4-5-240. Uh, over the last two years, 8,100 yards, nearly 80 touchdowns. Uh, 12 interceptions. I mean, I to me, he's he's been my quarterback one for the NFL and for fantasy football. That's not going to be changing for me unless if 
some sort of news comes out that Bryce Young all of a sudden could be falling in drafts. Well, that doesn't seem to be the case. He seems to be a top two lock in the NFL draft this year. Let's move on to CJ Stroud, who is our consensus quarterback two in our rookie rankings. Cameron, you have him at one. Tyler at two. I have him at three. Um, really, I mean, Cameron, I'll start with you. Why is he your quarterback one over Bryce Young? We'll start there. I think they're more 1A, 1B, right? I don't think it's – I think they're the two clear top quarterbacks in this. For me, it's just because I view Bryce Young similarly to play style-wise as a, more of a Russell Wilson than a Kyler Murray, right? He's not – I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to go out and get 800 rushing yards. Right. That's just who he wasn't in college. He's more of that, like, improviser than he is a scrambler. And so if I look at it, I'm looking at these two guys – I think C.J. Stroud would be more likely in the NFL to have a 40-touchdown season than I do Bryce Young, and I don't think the rushing of Bryce Young overcomes you know, a touchdown discrepancy like that. So that, that for me, is where I have that difference, but I, it's not a big gap. I mean, it's pretty minuscule for me. Any worries that he's from the Ohio State University? And you know how I feel about yeah, those guys I, from Ohio State. <laughs> I do, but uh, he he's the real deal. Um, obviously, he's had a great wide receiving core to throw to. I mean, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, um, Jackson, Smith and Jigma, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is the dream college wide receiving right. room um, over the last two seasons. But just, I mean, just what he's been able to put up, and he just throws a pretty pretty ball. So. I'm not concerned um, after what I've seen from him. When you talk about that college play of college football playoff performance yeah. as well, I bet yeah. the stage doesn't get bigger. No, no, right. That that dude has ice in his veins. Uh, Ty, what is there to like from a uh, prospect perspective on CJ Strong putting like fantasy specific items aside? Yeah, Cam touched on it briefly. CJ Stroud is the best overall thrower in this draft in terms of accuracy and and combining that with strength cj stroud has just got the best arm talent right now and we'll talk about someone who could potentially have it better in a second here but again cj stroud elite arm talent he showed it in that georgia game that he can get out of the pocket that was always the biggest question mark for him in the season was can he maneuver the pocket can he you know, extend a play or two. Um, and CJ Stroud, again, everyone wants to say that Ohio State can scheme up their wide receivers or does scheme up their wide receivers. I think that's true to a certain extent, but I do think if you were to put CJ Stroud uh, in place of like a Dwayne Haskins, um, other Ohio State quarterbacks in the past, CJ Stroud still has the same efficiency because that's how good CJ Stroud is. And he doesn't need teams to scheme up receivers for him. His arm can make up for it. And if we see the CJ Stroud that we saw against Georgia, I think there, I think a number one overall pick is warranted. Yeah. I mean, he certainly has a case for it. I mean, six, three, two, 14. He's the prototypical Frank Reich quarterback that he's worked with over the past few years. Right. Frank Reich, now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, 8,100 yards, 85 touchdowns, and only 12 picks over the last two years. Basically identical to Bryce Young, just a few more touchdowns sprinkled in there. Cameron, let's uh, talk about ideal landing spots then. This is a guy where there's been a little bit more buzz recently um, where if Bryce Young does go one-on-one to Carolina, 
uh, all of a sudden it might not be CJ Stroud at the Texans, which uh, I'm going to um, give props to our very own Tyler Plathia, who was on that train initially when everybody was saying, you're stupid if you don't think the Texans take a quarterback. Uh, Tyler was saying, what if it's not that cut and dry? Now, it does still seem likely they'll take a quarterback ahead of a defensive player, but uh, with more and more news of that seeming uh, more and more likely, um, is Texas still like, are there other options outside of Texas? That's what I'm going to leave it at Cameron. I'll let you talk about dream landing spots. Then. Yeah. I, I think that that would kind of be the dream is he moves past the Texans there. They trade out. Um, I think Carolina would be a good spot for him. Right. I, I think that he, he would do well there. I would love to see him in Indianapolis with Shane Steichen, uh, Michael Pittman jr. You know, Jonathan Taylor, uh, that play action would be pretty, pretty deadly i i feel um between those two um he you know what it could be also interesting if we see you know a team trade up for him you know like maybe atlanta becomes hey you know what we do want a quarterback cj strouds there houston's open to trading we want to pair him with drake london and kyle pitts you know that would be pretty pretty good to see um you know teams like the buccaneers want deciding to trade him those are obviously a lot less likely but those you know those would definitely help raise his his value moving forward but i i think realistically the best spot for him is probably Indianapolis. And let's pretend Arizona is open to trading three, which I think they are at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler, I'll kick it over to you then. What, what team is most likely to trade up to jump the Colts at three then should CJ Stroud still be on the board if Houston were to go a Will Anderson Jr. at two instead? One team that comes to mind right away is Tennessee yeah. just because it is a division rival and they are also looking pretty uh, – they are doing a lot of homework, just like the Minnesota Vikings are, right? And I only say that because Daniel Jeremiah was he made a big deal about Minnesota doing their homework. Tennessee has done the same. So I could see Tennessee jumping ahead of the Colts. I can also see maybe a team. Nah, nah, I'll keep it at that. I think it's really Tennessee. I think I think once you get after picked 11, it gets a little too yes. steep for some of those other teams. So I think it's really Tennessee. I don't think Vegas trades up. Detroit, Seattle, they'll stay. So maybe if we're looking at a dark horse, Atlanta, maybe. But I think Atlanta would much rather trade up for Anthony Richardson than a CJ Stroud. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's a really good segue. We'll transition into Anthony Richardson then, uh, who is our consensus quarterback three for fantasy football. I have him as my quarterback two. Cameron, you have him at three. Tyler, you have him at four. I just want to give some clarity. Cameron, where you see Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud as 1A and 1B, I see C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson as my 2A and 2B. Mm, all right. I, like, sky's the limit for Anthony Richardson, man. We're talking about a generational athletic prospect at the quarterback position. The dude is an athletic freak, extremely, I don't like using the word raw because I feel like Anthony, like, he is extremely like raw, but he has a lot to polish up on. Then at the same time, when I'm looking for a, like a home run at the quarterback position for fantasy football, Anthony Richardson has, Oh, like, dare I say like overall quarterback one upside, like that is the ceiling of ceilings for Anthony Richardson. And frankly, for some of the teams that he could land on potentially, um, like, if, if I'm, you know, 3-1, one, 
fastball's coming right down the middle. Three zero fastball's coming right down the middle. Like I'm swinging away on Anthony Richardson, man. Um, mm-hmm. I think the upside is a hundred percent there. Like he could make me look really stupid having him as my quarterback one. I really debated it, but there's just so much from like an actual talent and skill perspective that's still to be desired. Cause he one one moment, Tyler, I'm not trying to take too much of your thunder here, but like one moment he makes a play. You're like, Holy crap. That was a dot. And then you watch his next three plays and you're like, wait, you're, you're a projected first round quarterback. Mm-hmm. It, it's utterly confusing and frustrating. And then you see the athleticism and it, it makes your jaw drop. It gets you really excited. But Tyler, what, from a scouting perspective, from a talent skill perspective, um, like Anthony Richardson seems to be a first round pick guaranteed. A, do you agree with that? And B, um, what can we expect from Anthony Richardson uh, at the next level? I think in terms of a top five pick, I think that is going to be true come draft day, just because the trend in the NFL has started to become take guys with upside high. That's that's how it's been. I mean, we'll go back to last year, and I know edge rushers is a or it, it's a different position, but Trayvon Walker going ahead of Aiden Hutchinson, I'm sorry, criminal in my wow. opinion. That's criminal because Aiden Hutchinson was so good, and he still had room to go. But for whatever reason, the Jaguars decided to go Trayvon Walker. Right. So, trend the trend has been take the upside, and I think with a guy like Anthony Richardson, like you said, it's it, it's is it top five quarterback in the league kind of upside maybe just because of a rushing upside arm talent that he does already have it just needs to be polished up a ton Mm -hmm. a ton and and i'll dive into my fantasy ranking as i put him at four just because i don't think richardson should play this year now again that could depend on landing spot let's say tennessee does trade up to three then absolutely Richardson is going to be playing right away yep. just because of his legs. Then there's fantasy relevance and all that. But if you just look at the prospects and you compare Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis, Anthony Richardson is the worst. And I use that lightly because I'm not trying to say he's bad. He's just the worst out of the four. So look, there's a lot to be excited about with Anthony Richardson, speed, size, arm, all of it. It's just got to take some time to develop. Mm-hmm. so when you say he's not expected to like i i would agree with you that i think he could play this year but depending on his landing spot he he may not play this year does that even from a dynasty perspective in a rookie draft just because it might be one year of sitting does that impact where you draft him in rookie drafts then or is that just a like as we're entering into the nfl this is where i would have them for fantasy like this year i would agree with you um, but in terms of like in a rookie drafts, then when you got to face the music and Bryce Young goes at the one one and you have, well, Bijan goes at the one one Bryce Young goes at the one two and you have the one three. Like, are you looking at Anthony Richardson or CJ Stroud in rookie drafts? Then? I, I think it depends on my team. If I need points right away, I'll go CJ Stroud. But if I'm playing the long game a little bit, I'll take Richardson. And I also, I think it also because I think back to when the 49ers took Trey Lance, right? Jimmy G uh, now remind me, Jimmy G was still there and was not under the like contract umbrella or whatever, but people still took Trey Lance high because they knew that eventually he would come in and 
rushing upside, all that kind of stuff would equate to mm-hmm. points and stuff. So I can understand an argument for taking Richardson ahead. But for me personally, I know that CJ Stroud is going to go into a system where he's playing right away and he's got arm talent where he can eventually become a 30, possibly even 40 touchdown quarterback just by his arm. Yeah. No, and, and that totally makes sense. I like I just look at these rushing attempts, 103 rushing attempts, 654 yards and nine touchdowns as Florida starter last year. Like that's the kind of rushing upside that gets me really, really excited for fantasy football. And you all know how much of a sucker I am for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cameron, let's talk about dream landing spots then. Dream, realistic dream landing spots. I mean, we talked about top five. Uh, you have Arizona at three, Indy at four. He could slot in there. Um, but even with, with the fifth pick, like it's not a guarantee, but it's interesting to think about where Andrew, Anthony Richardson could potentially end up, how early he could go, how far he could fall, but where do you think would be the dream landing spot for him realistically? I think it'd be five or six, either Seattle or Detroit. Because like we've been saying, a year would probably be really good. Both of them have quarterbacks in Geno Smith and Jared Goff um, under contract. But the way contracts are set up, they could move on from them after a year. They could move on from them after two years, you know, give him as much time as he needs. Um, like, Ty is, like Ty said, too, you know, I mean, they could pick him that early. And we just never see him, right? An injury happens or something like that, fluky. Um, you there, there is that possibility with Anthony Richardson that I don't think the other two quarterbacks have, but you also have that ceiling of, he could be, you know, 2015 MVP Cam Newton, right? That, that could be, I'm not saying that's ha- going to happen, but I'm saying like, that's his very ceiling just with everything he has going for him, his arm, his legs, his size. It's just, you know, he could be somewhere in the middle. He could be one of those two extremes that that's what you're picking with Anthony Richardson is you're just picking that wild card and, you we also have to consider all these rookie quarterbacks are wild cards at this point, right? I mean, there's no sure thing as far as rookie quarterbacks go. Yeah, if I'm set a quarterback in a super flex league and I have yeah. one of the top three picks, um, I'd much rather go to the plate swinging like Aaron Judge than I would a Derek yeah. Jeter, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for for those who aren't um familiar with baseball references, there Aaron Judge, power swinger, swinging for the fences versus Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, swinging for base hits, right? Yep. Um, I would much rather be doing that if I'm set a quarterback. I want to, I want to keep these next two short because it seems like those are the big three, and I think there is a possibility Will Levis does start for an NFL football team this year. Um, but he's also the one who has been sliding down draft boards, not like crazy, but at once like projected to be a top five pick now all of a sudden i'm seeing a lot of will levis outside of the top 10 um tyler what's there to like about will levis but at the same time what is there to dislike about will levis not to rip on the guy but that seems to be coming more and more and more and more to the forefront than the reasons that people really started to like him earlier this offseason i'll start with the things to like about will levis is that will levis Pretty much everything, I shouldn't say everything that we've said about the other guys is true for Will Levis because that's definitely not the case. Otherwise, that would be like first overall consensus pick no matter what. Um, But Will Levis has really good arm strength, has really good arm talent in general. He's got size. He's not afraid to get out of the pocket. 
and his size allows him to lower the shoulder. That happened a ton when he was in college. And I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, that's an injury risk for a quarterback. It is, but I still like to see it. I still like to see my quarterback just getting a little rowdy out there. Mm -hmm. Um, The concerns for Will Levis, I should actually, I'll clarify it as this. The concerns are results because of what was around him and not his talent alone, right? There are some question marks when it comes to his talent in terms of just decision-making, all that kind of stuff. But if you look at this most recent year, he's playing hurt the entire year. His offensive line is literal garbage and his supporting cast garbage as well. So you look at the year before that, when you had a guy like Wondell Robinson in a better offensive line, we saw a much better will Levis. So maybe will Levis isn't the most pro ready in terms or in comparison to like a CJ Stroud or Bryce young, but he's still further along than Anthony Richardson and he can get even better. It just will need some coaching to get to him. And again, game, I'm not going to try to steal your spotlight, but Kevin O'Connell, a quarterback whisperer coach is going to absolutely get the most out of Will Levis. Yeah. And it feels like that's the best situation for Will Levis as a team that can coach him up and doesn't want to just throw him into being the guy. Um, now, granted, that might be okay with Shane Steichen in Indianapolis, but some of these other teams, I just don't know if they would have the same opportunities to present Will Levis to be coached up. Um, like mm-hmm. we see, I see a ton of Will Levis to the Titans at 11 right now, which I think is probably the most likely landing spot for him. Also, don't really trust that team to coach Will Levis up to what his potential could be. So, Cameron, where would be like the using that kind of model? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of a dream, where would be the best landing spot for him then? The spot I've got picked is like Tyler said, it's the Vikings. You know, you got Kevin O'Connell and then you have Justin Jefferson on the outside, right? It, to draw it up for a rookie quarterback doesn't get a ton better than, you know, having a coach who works with quarterbacks and having the best wide receiver in the NFL. I also like a division rival in Detroit, um, you know, to take him there. Uh, I don't know if Detroit's going to go quarterback. They def- definitely might not. But, you know, to get sit behind Jared Goff and to have all those weapons, that would be a, another awesome spot. And then, like you said, if Indianapolis decides, hey, we want we like Will Levis, the other two quarterbacks are gone, I think that would be another great spot. Um, but for purposes of picking a different spot than the last couple, <laughs> I, I do like the Vikings for Will Levis. Uh, I do not like the Vikings' perspective of taking Will Levis. I like it from Will Levis' perspective. Yeah, right. And we're looking at this from the benefit of the player's perspective mm-hmm. for dynasty formats more so than the team themselves. Again, as Vikings fans ourselves, I think we would be mortified if Quasi were to move up from 23 to borderline top 10 to take Will Levis. Um, mm-hmm. When instead they could trade back for a guy like Hendon Hooker, um, who I'm still not a fan of, but uh, he's our consensus quarterback five. He, there's like continuous talk that he's going to find his way into the first round. I refuse to believe that. But at the same time, I mean, you look at 6,000 yards, nearly 60 touchdowns, only five picks his last two years at Tennessee. Um, 6'3", 217, a great-sized quarterback. Not the most mobile guy, 4'7", 740, but 25 years old, too, right? Like Brandon Whedon comes to mind when you hear that number. Um I don't really want to spend too much time on Hendon Hooker. Uh, 
Tyler, what are the odds he like becomes a relevant quarterback in the NFL? That's what I'll say. And and I want to keep this one short because I don't know how relevant Hendon Hooker is going to be in dynasty leagues, depending on his landing spot, really. I think I say the odds are like 80, 90% of him becoming an NFL starting quarterback. Hmm. Um I there is a lot to like about Hendon Hooker's game. Granted, there will need to be a lot. Um, the needs to go right for Hendon Hooker. There has to be the right supporting cast. There has to be a lot of pieces around him. I don't think like Hendon Hooker is one of these guys that can go out and do it on his own. That being said, though, um, if he was, if if Hendon Hooker was fully healthy and not coming off a torn ACL at the age of 25 he's a first round pick but those two things are the biggest reasons why people are putting him outside of the first round yeah that torn ACL really is not doing him any favors it wouldn't do anybody else any favors as well but that being said uh Cameron he could slide into the first round but I refuse to believe he slides into the first round uh where do you see him going then what is a an ideal dream landing spot for him I like him at the Bucks or Falcons. Um, I think both of those teams got weapons that would be around him. And they also are trying to convince themselves that they're committed to these quarterbacks that they probably shouldn't be. And so I think he could go in and eventually win out in those jobs. Um, you know, if he, if he's a starter, if he's starter quality, he would win out. And if not, you know, he'd kind of be that guy of, oh, maybe he'll get a shot somewhere else. Maybe he won't. And so I, that that's kind of what I think would be best for him. Um, fantasy wise, because if he does, if he does win out and get that shot, he's got a great supporting cast around him. I will say this so real quick. Go for it. Hennon Hooker is the Tyus Jones of quarterbacks in this <laughs> draft. He literally, he literally is. He he is on that. He's like right on that tier of like really really good backup. Could potentially start somewhere else. It's really dependent on just where he goes in the draft because because. The other part of it, too, he's going to be a wide receiver's best friend in that Hendon Hooker can get you the ball when you're supposed to get the ball, right? But there's not much outside of it. We'll see where Hendon Hooker ends up on draft day. I do like that Bucks dream landing spot. But before we turn a corner and carve into these running backs, I can't believe we're already 30 minutes into this episode. We spent a lot of time on quarterbacks, but that's okay. Uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Today's podcast episode is brought to you by our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. Now, we love Underdog. It is the easiest place to play best ball formats, and they even have their own form of player props called Pick'em. You can make up to 20 times your money on a single night by correlating props together. Two picks will triple your money, three will six times it, four will ten times it, and five plays that all hit will multiply your entry by 20. You can even place insurance on your picks too, so if only four of your five props hit, you still get ten times your entry. And if you use our code FELLAS when signing up, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100. Alrighty, we're back. Let's move on to the running backs now. We have a lot of names to cover here, gentlemen. Of co- unfortunately, uh, we won't be able to get to all of the 
running back prospects, but we'll get through a handful and even talk about a few um, later round, maybe like sleeper ish running backs that we each like going into rookie drafts this year. But let's start with the cream of the crop, the man on top, the man, uh, Tyler, you are drinking all the Kool-Aid. It is Bijan Robinson and you are not the only one indulging uh, in that drinking. I mean, five, five, 11, two fifteen, prototypical size for a running back four, four, six, 40. I mean, the dude is Saquon Barkley level generational. That's not a direct comparison, but but this is what people are saying. The best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. I don't want to beat a dead horse because everybody already knows this. But but Ty, like, what are, like how generational is Bijan? You're getting a borderline elite runner already in terms of vision and balance and speed and strength and elusiveness, all that stuff. You're also getting a very, very good receiving uh, receiver in Bijan. Texas literally lined him up in the slot. He was that good. He's everything that you want in a modern day running back. It's just a shame that his value is going to be, tanked because the NFL just does not value running backs as much as they did in the past. Fantasy football wise though. I mean, he is clearing away the running back one in dynasty formats. Mm -hmm. There is a real chance. He will be a top seven running back drafted in redraft formats this next year. I mean, Bijan is going to be next level special. And frankly, Cameron, if he lands on, what team will he be a top five running back drafted in fantasy football? I think if he lands on the Chargers or Bengals, um, because if he does land on those, I would that would be with the assumption that <clears throat> sorry, Austin Eckler or Joe Mixon are gone. And both those teams are teams that would have vacated then 120-plus receptions at the running back position, um, Joe Mixon and Samaje Ryan in uh, Cincinnati, and then Austin Eckler and whoever else was in um, Los Angeles. <laughs> I call their up. mix of backups. I could but Michael yeah, every week. They, it doesn't matter. Joshua Kelly. Yep. And so he would just be stepping into a, teams that value the running back position already, both in the run game and the pass game, which I think obviously if you can put him in that situation, he's going to flourish. And so that is where I would like to see Bijan go with the assumption that the incumbent is gone. Yeah, and it's interesting talking about where he'll go in NFL in the NFL draft as well because there was talk about Philadelphia at 10 doing it. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden that seems less and less likely. Uh, we'll see where he ends up. I find it hard to believe he falls outside of the top 20, but you look at a lot of teams inside of the top 20 there, and they just don't have a need for a guy like Bijan. There's a couple landing spots you might be able to pick out, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how far Bijan either falls or how – high he rises on mm-hmm. draft night and how early how early he goes but he is clearing away the rb1 and dynasty formats uh we we don't need to get anything twisted there and beat a dead horse so let's move on to our consensus running back to amir gibbs he's running back to across the board for all three of us a uh, little bit undersized 5'9, 199 almost 200 pounds four three six forty though he's a speedy boy uh and he can he can certainly catch passes out of the backfield that is what he is most notorious for but what else is there to like about his game time i mean he nailed it i mean he if you are looking for a the speed burst combination jameer gibbs is your guy the guy can go from zero to 60 in 
look at these split. Like it, it's amazing how fast he can go. He's got great hands. He's the best. He's going to be the best receiving back in this class. And he's going to go in the second round because that gives him a floor already. But if he finds the right system, he can really, really kind of, he, he can flourish and become uh, someone that makes a lot of teams look stupid that they pass him up. Um, he's got, he's got decent balance. He's got uh, the, the size is interesting because mm-hmm. that's, a lot of people will net or they hear the game and they naturally compare it to Alvin Kamara. Not, no. Not, um, but if Gibbs can find the right system, he is going to be a very valuable piece to an NFL team and to a fantasy roster. Yeah, the pass catching is unparalleled. Uh, and you you combine that with with the speed and balance. I mean, he he is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Should he land in the right system? And we all know how valuable pass catching is to the running back position in fantasy football. So Cameron, uh, with all that in mind, the dream landing spot for Jameer Gibbs would be where? I think there's two dream dream landing spots. I don't think they're quite as likely the end of the first round, Cincinnati and Kansas City, just because, you know, high powered offenses, he'll be in the red zone. You know, they can use him in the passing game. I don't know how likely it is that he goes in the first round, although they're like me and Lucas were talking about before. There has been talk of him maybe slipping in right at the end there. The team that I really like for him is the Arizona Cardinals. I think he would be really good there. James Conner kind of on his way out, um, right? He's going to be 28 this year, always dealt with injuries. Um, He does catch the ball well in his own right, but right, the way they use him is more of that ground and pound. When they had Chase Edmonds, they used him. Obviously, it's going to be a completely different um, play caller now with Cliff Kingsbury out. But I do think a guy like Jameer Gibbs could flourish in that offense alongside of Kyler Murray, who, despite running the ball, does dump it off to the um, running back position quite quite often. Jameer Gibbs seems to have like round two capital written all over him, which is why I think he's going to be a safe fantasy football asset. It'll really depend on his landing spot, how high he goes in my redraft rankings. Um, In dynasty rankings, I've seen him argued to be the top five running back in dynasty formats. That I disagree with. Um, You could give me the case for top 10. I feel more comfortable having him somewhere between like probably nine and 14. Mm -hmm. That being said, um, depending on his landing spot though, like Jameer Gibbs could be a, a high highly coveted running back in future years in fantasy football Um, with the draft capital. He's likely to get in the second round. uh, That is the coveted spot of rounds one and two, where you you feel relatively safe in your role um, and and just his pure ability as well. Uh, Again, all the reasons that people have already listed why they love Jameer Gibbs. So let's move on to our running back three consensus for all three of us. Zach Charbonnet, six foot, 214 prototype running back. Another guy you can kind of do it all, not to the extent of Bijan. But Ty, what is there to to like about Zach Charbonnet? There's a lot to like about Zach Charbonnet, and to the point where I was thinking about it before we we started recording, and I I thought about going a little bold and saying this guy should deserve some more second round hype, and it seems like a lot of people have him like in the third, fourth round. No, say it, say it. (laughs) He's, Man, he, I want him to get second round capital so badly. If James Cook can be a second round pick, Zach yes. Charbonnet can absolutely be a second round pick. Preach. 
is Zach Charbonnet has almost everything that you look. I, I said this about Bijan. Zach Charbonnet has almost everything you want in a modern day running back. Um, the only, the only, um, the only thing he doesn't have is the hands. But when you talk about Zach Charbonnet in terms of the size that he has, it's all great. He's got great speed, great burst. He's he's actually very agile for his for his size, and he can make people you know he can break off tackles going lateral and stuff. But he's also big enough that he can lower the shoulder, and it'll, it'll hurt you. It'll hurt you. Um, yeah. Again, the hands aren't as great, but he's very much like James Conner in the sense that you can use him in the receiving game and he will be effective in it, but it, it doesn't necessarily play to his strengths as well as giving him the ball out of the backfield and letting him get downfield or downhill. Yeah. And, and Zach Charbonnet isn't this like prolific pass catcher. He has hands. He can catch the football out of the backfield. He'll give mm-hmm. you a little bit of value mm-hmm. there. Not his forte, obviously, uh, but Cameron, again, now keeping all of that in mind, um, the, the profile we've kind of laid out here, uh, where would you envision a guy like Zach Charbonnet ending up? I would love to see him in Atlanta. I think he could be that 1A to a Tyler Algier. Obviously, you know, probably lose a little bit of touchdowns here and there, um, but he would be a better pass catcher than Algier is right now. He would, um, like you said, he's not a great pass catcher, but he can't catch the ball. He, he averaged 30 receptions over the last each of the last two seasons, um, which is which is pretty good for college football. Um, but 2,500 yards in two years. So he, he can definitely get the job done and he would be in an offense that wants to run the ball. I think that would be the biggest thing is they put the ball in his hands and I think he could really rack up the yards and be sneaky efficient in the receiving game, right? He's not going to be a league winner, but good enough that he kind of can help his value stay, you know, consistent from PPR to standard. Can I like just get him to be like, a Tyler Algier who can catch the football and have higher draft capital. So that means he keeps his job. Yep. That's what, that's what the hope would be. I mean, that uh, I, you, you kind of gave a weird look there, but well, I know it was well, a very yes. weird, like dream, but also oh. like that, like just in terms of, of what I'm seeing and where Tyler Algier, like finished fantasy football wise last year, like that's kind of what I would love for Zach Charbonnet and I would be happy to invest a first round pick in him in my fantasy or my rookie drafts this year. Yeah, the weird look is more so like I haven't thought about Zach Charbonnet as a Tyler Algier. Oh yeah, it's a type. it's a weird comp. Yeah, because I've always said it's he's literally James Connor. He's literally yeah, James yes. Connor. Yeah. Um, but the more that the more that like you think back to what we just saw from Tyler Algier, I I don't have any issue with that at all. Yeah, and I forgot you totally brought up James Conner to me in the past, and that's what he screams to me as well. Um, I absolutely love that. Um, so yeah, he is our consensus running back three. And fellows, let's get on our hands and knees and pray that he gets day two capital because I will throw a party if he does. Uh, <laughs> this is where things start to get a little bit more murky, though, mm-hmm. in the fantasy football community. There's a lot of guys here who are vying for the running back four spot in rookie drafts this year. However, there is one name that rises above the rest for all of us that not enough people are actually talking about. And I kind of just want to give like two and a half minutes to Tyler here because this is your guy, Ty. 
Tank Bigsby is your guy. Six foot, two ten, five six or four five six forty. I mean, he another guy who can do it all. Fifty one receptions last year, three hundred sixty yards, nineteen hundred rushing yards, five point two a carry, twenty touchdowns. Over the last two years, sorry, that's over the last two years. I said last year. This is over the last two years. I kind of just want to give you two and a half here on on Tank's, Tank Bigsby and just like Cameron, I sit out with uh, a, a nice landing spot for them. Yeah, I will. I will just kind of read off of my scoring chart with Tank Bigsby in comparison to some of the other prospects that a lot of people are putting above Tank Bigsby. Let's start with the speed, okay? Tank Bigsby. I know the forty may not match but the play speed is a lot faster than his 40 i thought he was faster than a guy uh by the name of well he's faster than zach charbonnet we just talked about him but that again two very different styles of running um he's faster than zach evans who's a very popular name in the dynasty community um faster than sean tucker um I thought he was a little bit quicker than the Devon A chain. And I know a lot of people are saying that Devon A chain is a speedster and he is in his own right. Bigsby's, but I'll just sum it up like this. Tank Bigsby's film won't surprise you, but you need to understand it from the lens of just the prospect and not the team as a whole. Auburn was just like Kentucky this year. They were garbage. Everything about them stunk. Tank Bigsby was the one bright spot where he was elusive enough to get through holes. He could get skinny in between tackles and holes to make, you know, to create bigger plays. Great hands, great burst. He's elusive. He can go left and right as good as well as north and south. Like he, he, I don't understand why people don't give him the respect. And it is because he played at Auburn. That's, that's, that's really why. But once you watch the film with Tank Bigsby and you look at the prospect that you have, I gave him a second-round grade. And I know that's a lot that's rich for people. He's good. He's got He's got good balance. He's got good size. He's got good hands. His vision is very good as well. He's he's not a, he's not afraid to be physical, and I think that's the, the best thing about it. He can beat you with speed. But if you dare him to run, you know, if you dare him to run through you, he's going to make it hurt and he'd leave you a mark. So, look, Tank Bigsby for me is my running back three ahead of Zach Charbonnet. I understand we could have the top three like we just talked about and Tank Bigsby at four. I get it. Tank Bigsby, though, belongs in the top five and anything outside of it, I, I, my heart sinks every time I see it. <laughs> I mean, that seems to be the one thing that people continuously knock Tank Bigsby on is, is that Auburn just wasn't a very good offense. Mm. Like Tank Bigsby's film, like just doesn't lie. He is a good running back. Now I don't know if he'll, I don't know if he, in my mind, is worthy of of, of a second round grade. But the beauty is that he's going to fall far enough in the NFL draft that he can land up on a pickings of teams. Uh, and end up in a pretty darn good spot. Cameron, uh, I kind of like your spot here. Uh, where where would you envision him landing? First, I got to just say, you need to find someone who loves you as much as Ty loves Tank Bigs. Like, that should Bad. be, your, that should be your goal in life, is to at least find one person <laughs> um, who looks at you the way Ty looks at Tank Bigsby film. But um, <laughs> my fit for Tank Bigsby is the Buffalo Bills. 
I think that would be a very good spot. I know they just signed Damian Harris, but it was still a one-year $1.7 million contract. And in NFL terms, that means very little, um, especially after this year. It's He might be there this year. He might not. Like that, He could still definitely be cut. Um, and I think if they take him there, him and James Cook could kind of work together. Obviously, it would it would be tough just because you also have Josh Allen in the mix, but I think he could be the best running back in Buffalo in a while. Um, and so I really like that pick, and obviously they're going to be around the red zone a ton, which definitely helps fantasy value. 100%. Uh, if, if Tank can score touchdowns, he's going to be great, just like every running back, right? Uh, <laughs> don't think I need to explain that anymore. Um, this is where, again, uh, this is where it falls off for us. Cause we all have, have tank bigs inside of our top five. Kendra Miller. He is an interesting prospect. Um, I was initially pushing back on the hype around him being the RB four for some people. And then I did my rankings and I'm like, I, I actually don't know who I want to put it for because there's a lot of names here that have a lot of flaws to them that I don't entirely know how I want to, to rank them. Mm-hmm. So Kendry Miller is my running back for Cameron. He's your running back for, but then now there's Tyler out here, just crucifying Kendry Miller <laughs> has him as his running back 12. Ooh. Explain oh. yourself. Again, we were ranking on fantasy and not yes. overall ranking. I just, I, I look at Kendry Miller and I look at the size that he has and he's a bigger running back. It just sounds like there are teams that are more interested in other bigger backs than Kendra Miller. Teams are prefer are it sounds like teams would prefer Roshan Johnson over Kendra Miller if they're looking for a bigger back. Obviously, Zach Charbonnet. People would say Zach Evans is better than Kendra Miller. Eh? Yeah, I know, and that's weird. <laughs> um Dwayne McBride is another one that people uh, think will go higher than Kendry Miller. So I think I, I my ranking is really based on there are other running backs like Kendry Miller that are getting more hype than him. And not to say that he's a bad player, because I think there's a lot of good with Kendry Miller. Teams just are not looking at him the same way as they are with other bigger backs. So, mm-hmm. so your ranking is more about how the how the NFL views him versus his actual like ability. I just want to I just want to clear that because like I I'm totally fine with that. I think my counterpunch then is 5'11", 215, runs a five eight or four five eight forty, and five, eight. he runs a five eight. <laughs> dude, dude is dude is bugging down the football field. Um, but he's such a powerful runner. And then it gets to the point of draft capital. And would I rather bank on, we'll, we'll get to guys like Devon A. Chain and Dwayne McBride, but like, I would rather bet on the guy who's going to have a nose for the end zone versus going to have a limited role in the receiving game. Yes. And, and I should clarify when I'm mentioning all these bigger backs, I do prefer Kendry Miller to a lot of them. I prefer Kendry Miller to a guy like Roshan Johnson. I, I'm kind of torn between Zach Evans and Kendra Miller because they, I mean, ironically, they both used to play at TCU. Um, But for me, it's just a matter of he needs to get into the right situation to get those goal line carries right away. And I just don't think that happens. There's talent. 
So maybe down the road, Kendrick Miller can step into it. But in terms of just like this year right now, it's going to be, I see more of an uphill battle for Kendrick Miller. I mean, I don't want to keep using Tyler Algier as an example. Like this was the reason why I liked a guy like Tyler Algier last year. If he gets into the right system, it's downhill running. And if you can, can pick up four yards of carry, get fed enough and have somewhat of a nose for the end zone. Like you could wind up just stumbling your way into being a thousand yard rusher. And Tyler Algier was what a top 30 running back last year. Like he was mm. flex play consideration. Like, I think that's why I like Kendra Miller because I think he's more likely to find that kind of a role in an NFL offense based on where he's going to be drafted. Um, in reality, though, Kendra Miller, Ty J. Spears, Roshan Johnson, Israel Obanaconda, like all these guys, it's really going to depend on their landing spots for me. But right mm-hmm. now, Kendra Miller is my running back four. Um, and, and I like, I don't disagree with anything you've said, Ty. I, I don't at all. It's really going to come down to landing spot. And speaking of landing spots, Cameron, where do you think would be like the dream or best landing spot for a guy like Kendrick Miller? As we've been going, I am kind of thinking too, for all these running backs, I think Cincinnati and the chiefs are like two sure. just dream, you know, if any running back ended up there, it'd be, it'd be pretty good. As long as they have draft capital is what we're saying. Um, I also like them at the LA Rams. Uh, Cam Akers is their only running back. Obviously, he started to look better at the end of last year. Sean McVay loves him, but there is that chance, you know, Cam Akers just isn't that guy anymore. You know, the Achilles has just kind of done it, done him in. Um, but I, I like, I would like to see him on the Rams. And then just echoing what you guys said, right? All these are going to change after draft day. Yes. <laughs> once we find out draft capital, right? If Con- or Kendra Miller is a, and a second round pick and you know everything surprised look right he's going to shoot up or he's going to shoot up your draft board if he's a end of the fourth round pick then all of a sudden you know he's way down your draft board so that that's just something that we also have to take in consideration as we're as people are listening to this of as of right now this is what we like and we're kind of that's why we're going to more like um attributes and stuff like that of these players of hey if they are in the right landing spot be ready to pounce on this guy but yeah. you know draft capital is going to change a lot. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, and, and it's going to be path to opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's what it was for Damian Pierce. That's yep. what it was for Tyler Algier. That's why you saw these guys finish as top 30. And at one point, top 24 running backs last year, mm-hmm. if they have a path to opportunity, pounce on them in your rookie drafts and then ultimately sell them later. That's what we saw with Tyler Algier. It's what we saw with Damian Pierce. Right? Yep. These are guys who didn't have the draft capital to hold their positions, but they had clear path to opportunities. Oh my gosh, a young running back doing well? Yes, I want one of those on my team. You could totally flip them and take advantage of, of your league mates that way. So uh, yeah, it's really going to come down to to landing spot for, for a guy like Kendra Miller. Again, we, we mentioned the likes of, of Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, uh, Israel Abanaconda, all those guys. Uh, last name I want to discuss in depth before we, we shoot out a couple shout outs. Um, to the running back position to close out the episode. Devon A-Chain. That itty-bitty man at 5'8", 188. 4'3", though. He's a speedster. Um, I mean, he, he was a producer at Texas A&M. Over 2,000 yards rushing, 6.2 yards per carry, 17 touchdowns. Can catch the ball to 60 receptions for 450 yards and four receiving touchdowns the past two years at A&M. I am a lot more pessimistic on a guy like Devon A. Chain. 
as soon as you throw out the name Darren Sproles to me, I'm out. Why Why am I investing in a Darren Sproles for my fantasy team? Darren Sproles had one relevant fantasy year. Otherwise, he was a great special teams guy. Like, why do I want to invest in Devon A-Chain for my fantasy team? Um, I don't know, Tyler. Like, bring us on a more positive note. What is there to, like, actually like about Devon A-Chain's game before I just go down a path and I just continue to just shoot Devon A-Chain down my rankings? Uh, I, I'm... Dude... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't set you up too well there. <laughs> There's some stuff to like about Devon A Chain, right? The speed for sure. Yeah. Um, his burst is also pretty good too, in and out of cuts, but then also, you know, rounding a corner and getting upfield is pretty good. Um, the only way that you can really describe him though is that he's a track star in pads. Like that's really what it is. There is, you know running back is not a position that requires a whole lot of athleticism. You just need to know like how to do your position. Well, um, a chain is semi good athlete, but not he, his one, his one calling card is speed. Other than that though, there's not much else when he gets contact. He usually goes down right away. Um, now this, I, I should, also say though the speed is good enough that if he can get into the second level it's kind of game over for the defense because that speed is not going to get caught but Devon A chain is the he's the college player that should have transferred but he never did because he kept on waiting for an opportunity at a big school like he backed up um Isaiah Spiller for how many years was it two years one year one year for sure I know one year for sure. Yep. Um, but Devon Chain should have transferred somewhere else because he never really got to showcase the full talent that he has. And his, you know, his time at AM to me wasn't super impressive. But again, some teams will be enticed by the speed. <clears throat> Miami. <clears throat> Miami. Um <clears throat> San Francisco. <clears throat> Yeah, those Shanahan <laughs> running backs. Yeah, the itty bitty speedy guys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so Devon Achain won't be for everyone. I I am just gonna read the room a little bit and say that he's not for us. He ain't for me. No. Um, I won't be but, drafting any of him in rookie drafts this year. I kind of like a Jarek McKinnon comparison to him. Someone, I mean, I don't know how good Achain can be as a receiving threat because I don't, I rarely saw him as a receiving threat. But it's it, he's Jerick McKinnon light in that sense of like he will need a counterpart, and at that he may be like in a triple rotation with two other running backs. Take mm-hmm. it away, Cameron. This, this just plays into your landing spot perfectly, yep. and I think so. So th- let me let me add a caveat. If Devon A Chain lands where Cameron has his best fit, I will be all over Devon A Chain. That I yeah, will I will gladly take Devon A Chain early second round in rookie drafts. Um, in that landing spot, Cameron is the Chiefs. I, I know I'd said that any running back could go here, but when you think about the Chiefs, who do they draft? They draft speed guys. I mean, that's a, you know, you look at McCall Hartman, you look at you know, all, all these guys who they've just taken shots on who are just super fast, and that, that's what they're going to do with Devon A chain. 
and he has cut the ball. He did he did catch sixty pass over the last two years. So you know he might not be the greatest pass catcher, but he can get the job done um, in a receiving role. And I think that's what the Chiefs need. And obviously they had that Jerick McKinnon role last year, and it flourished. So why not try it again with a chain? Um, I think another place is the same place I had Gibbs was uh, Arizona. I think he could be kind of fun to see there, um, pairing with James Conner um, in that. But I think the Chiefs is definitely the best fit for him. Yeah, I will scoop all of Devon A-Chain up if he lands on the Chiefs. If he lands anywhere else, like Miami, San Francisco, I'm out. I want nothing to do with him. Hmm. To close out the episode, we fit the hour mark here. To close out the episode, let's just quick shout out another name from the each of us that we do like at the running back position here. And Ty, I'm kind of looking at you specifically. Uh, I will... I, I don't want you have Dwayne McBride ranked pretty high, and I don't want to choose your guy for you. I just want to acknowledge uh, the discrepancy in ranking there. You have Dwayne McBride ranked all the way up at RB five, and Cameron and I have him outside of our our top ten. I won't force you to choose that guy, but I just want to acknowledge you. You clearly have a little something for Dwayne McBride if he's in your top five. Dwayne McBride is up there in terms of just best pure rushers in this draft class. He has amazing contact balance. Like he does not, you know, he re- he runs through arm tackles like no tomorrow. Um, he's got good speed. He's got good vision. Like I said, he's one of the top three rushers in this class. And to me, I think that can translate into fantasy production if he lands in the right situation. Um, that's Dwayne McBride. But the other guy that I just kind of have a soft soft spot for is. Ty J Spears. Yeah. Ty. I I like the guys that can rise through the draft process. And it felt like Ty J Spears was day three pick at the beginning of this. And now he's pretty much worked his way through the senior bowl, through the combine into day two. And he's also like Devon a chain in the sense that speed is his, his calling card, but Spears you can tell that Spears has been doing this for a long time and he's a very good rusher and he's not, he doesn't have the same athleticism as everyone else, but he's going to find a home and that home is going to want to use him because he could be electric when the ball is in his hands. And his route running is pretty crisp too. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I do like Ty J Spears. I think he could be a sneaky guy in rookie drafts this year. Cameron, what about for you? I'm going to go rush on Johnson. I know you guys are, not not your favorite, but I just think he's going to get draft capital enough and be someone's going to take him in and they're like, he's our bruiser, right? He's our, we're taking him in the third round. I like him going to the Jags um, and he's going to be our goal line guy and he's just going to f- be good enough off of touchdowns and short yardage work. Um, that is why I like him um, just because I think he's going to get enough draft capital to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, I, Roshan, Roshan Johnson as a bruiser, I specifically yeah. like. And like you said, the Jaguars, I do like that as as well. Tyler, what's that look on your face? What if I told you Roshan Johnson is like the new JHI? Uh, I love that so? comp because I have heard that comp. And I, I I think he could be very similar to JHI, mm-hmm. um, both good and bad. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hot and bothered by Izzy Abanaconda. I'm not gonna lie. We, I, I saw in your rankings. <laughs> I, I, I. There's something about him, man. I am really starting to to like Izzy. 
Um, look, wasn't able to test at the combine, but his pro day did run a four four forty. Um, he tested at the top of the position in both broad and uh, vertical jump. Extremely explosive. Uh, again, 5'11", 215. He's that he's that prototype dream build that I like in a running back that I would much rather bet on um, based on landing spot versus a guy like Devon A-Chain, Dwayne McBride. Well, Dwayne McBride can can do more as a pure runner, don't get me wrong. Um, but, but is he a Banaconda man? I am really really starting to like him and he's going to be a guy who, who leapfrogs a lot of these guys in, in rookie drafts for me. Um, but I'm also going to be patient because I also know there's a lot of people who probably disagree with me mm-hmm. uh, and are, I, I will happily sit back and wait for, wait for a Banaconda to, to fall to my lap. Uh, anything we do want to add before we wrap out the episode. Deuce Vaughn is such a fun watch. <sighs> Dude, I want Deuce Vaughn to be good. I really do, but he's itty-bitty baby boy. He's smaller than Darren Sproles, okay? So there's really, really no kind of great lane spot for him because the odds of him playing are slim. But if you were just one... (laughs) (laughs) It's true. When you're 5'5", you're an itty-bitty baby boy. There's no way around it. Um, but if you were wanting to watch like a really good and really fun highlight tape, turn on Deuce Vaughn's tape against Oklahoma, and he has dudes falling at his at his inside out move. It is lethal. So I I love Deuce Vaughn, but man, I just the size kills me. The size the sizes the size keeps me from from falling so madly in love with him because his film. Oh my gosh, I love his film. Uh but. Yeah, no, five five, itty bitty baby boy. Like I, I just, I just can't, I just can't fully commit to him. I'm sorry, but uh, yeah, Deuce Vaughn, he's a, he is a fun watch. I would agree. Uh, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel already, like we uh, told you, you should top of the episode. Make sure you do. Uh, same for the podcast as well. Uh, we have wide receivers and tight ends next week for our rookie preview. And on the night of the NFL draft, we will be live for the entire thing. We'll be live on YouTube. We'll be live on Twitter. We'll be live on TikTok. It'll be a live episode. We are so looking forward to it. We'll have a little friendly competition that we uh, had last year, too. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to winning that this year and getting my two uh, two minutes of fame on the podcast. But... Uh, with that being said, we have a lot coming up in store. We are three stooges being dudes. Good to have everybody back on the pod again. The fantasy football fellas. We will see you all next week to preview the rookie wide receivers and tight ends of this year's class. Deuces. Deuces.